The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg with your host, psychologist and author, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics brought to you by SSI Guardian. Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat. Visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, which is brought to you every week by our sponsor, SSI Guardian. And we're coming to you from Denver, Colorado, and streaming around the world online and from your smartphone apps. If you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, be sure to go to drpegradio.com for the program archives to connect with our sponsor, SSI Guardian, and to learn more about my books, Doggy Tales, and Do Something Different for a Change. C.S. Lewis said, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. But did you know that forgiveness and humility are connected? Today my guest is Pastor Larry Thomas, pastor of Connection Church in Aurora, Colorado, and he's going to explain how there is no forgiveness without humility. But before we turn to our discussion with Pastor Thomas, I want to remind you that we're getting closer to my June 17th Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat. Space is limited, so if you're on the fence about participating, you're going to need to act now. To give you more information on what you can expect from the retreat, let me introduce you to one of my past participants, Miss Sydney Wilson, and Sydney's a gifted artist. Uh, she's the author of a book of poetry called Flesh-Toned Redemption. And she also plays the harp. And <laughs> you don't meet people every day who play the harp. So you've got to know Sydney Wilson is a special person. And Sydney participated in my inaugural Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat that we held last year on New Year's Eve, which was so much fun. Sydney Wilson, thanks for being on the program, and welcome to Living Well with Dr. Pegg. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Pegg. It's really a blessing to be here. Well, thank you so much, and you're you're comfortable in a radio studio. You were a, an engineer and, and produced a show for, for many years yes. at another station. Yes. Yeah. How's it feel to be back? Oh, it feels like returning to an old, old home I used to be at. Oh, right. Great, <laughs> yeah. great. <laughs> well, welcome home. Yeah. Uh, so you participated in my very first uh, Do Something Different for a Change personal transforma- transformation retreat. Yes. And what were your expectations and your goals for the retreat? It was a brand new event at that time. So I appreciated your trust and confidence in me yes. uh, to, to make that investment of time and money. Uh, so what were your expectations and what were you hoping to, to get from the experience? Yeah. Um, honestly, I didn't have like you, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to go in with too many expectations. I just wanted to go and receive whatever we had going, whatever was, whatever God had for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was so special because it was new year's mm-hmm. Eve and it was just such a perfect time to do something like that. Yeah. And, um, I guess, um, any expectations I could have had were to just be more clear on the changes I may want to make mm-hmm. and to pinpoint 
what may have been holding me back from making those changes. Yeah, and that was a key part of uh, how and why I designed the retreat was for people to really get clear on where are you today? Where do you want to go? Exactly. And what's holding you back? And, and we don't always make an accurate assessment of where we even are. We don't realize just how stuck we are. Right. And surprisingly, some people, I think many people don't have a really clear vision of what they want. They know they're not happy where they are. But when you ask them, what do you want? Most people talk about what they don't want. Right. Instead of actually articulating that vision for the future. And then they have no clue of what's keeping them stuck. Right. <laughs> So those expectations, um, it sounds like uh, we hit the nail on the head with what I was hoping people yes. would get from it. Great. So what kind? What impact did the retreat have on you during and after? And uh, yeah, um, during the retreat, I felt very nourished there. I liked that it was um, kind of a smaller, more intimate group. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that it was more eight to 10 pe- people versus um, like 25 people. Right. And um, it was definitely a safe environment uh, to express your truths in. And um, there was a lot of time allowed to go inside of yourself and to reflect. And I really liked that about it. Um, It was kind of a nice, um, casual, slower pace. Mm -hmm. And I liked that about it so that we could really go in depth with what you were um, showing us and teaching us with your uh with your workbook Mm -hmm. and um you're just uh it it was uh you're just a wealth of knowledge oh thanks (laughs) and um like in dr peg she's extremely capable of helping people reach their goals and i just love that about the way you uh structure your your whole workshop and and it's just really um it is you centered, you know, and it's about really looking at yourself and reflecting. Mm-hmm. So I like that about it. Outstanding. And by design, it is small. You can get what people might call a retreat or some kind of personal workshop. You can get those in any city across the country. And often they will be 30 and 40 and 50 people, mm-hmm. however many they can pack in the room because they get paid for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and But by design, I wanted to keep it small and intimate. And in fact, going forward, the one on June 17th will be capped at six people. Oh, so good. it'll be even more intimate than the one you experienced. And um, intentionally by design time, as you talked about, to really hear from the Lord mm-hmm. and really reflect on your own thoughts and and think about a, a personal strategy for moving forward, which which I help with as well. Uh, so where are you right now uh, in terms of having applied? Because I'm really big on that, Sydney. Yeah. Uh, we can't just be hearers of the word. We have to be doers of the word. We have to put information into practice. So where are you now with everything that you took away from the retreat? Yeah, exactly. Um, after the retreat, I was really examining everything in my life and um, everything in my life that wasn't in line with my expectations for myself. And I started making conscious decisions that have been changing my year Amen. thus far. Yeah. And uh, I guess two of the biggest decisions I made was to focus on um, physical fitness this year mm-hmm. because I just hadn't been very active and um I wanted to make that change, and so I signed up, and I'm in self-defense classes, and that's something that keeps me motivated and uh, sparks me to be more active. Outstanding. And then um, I also joined my church choir this year because I just 
I want to I want to nurture the musician inside. So amen. Well, we, <laughs> hopefully we can look forward to some harp solos oh, yes. uh, accompanying that the beautiful too. voice. Well, thanks so much, uh, Sydney, for taking the time out to share your experiences with the personal transformation retreat. Thank you so much. And Dr. you're going to s- stick around with yes, our I conversation am. with Pastor Larry Thomas. So listeners, um, like Sydney, you can attend my Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat. The next one is Saturday, June 17th in Denver. And you can gain clarity and understanding about where you are, where you want to go, and what's holding you back so you can feel excited about doing something different and confident that you're moving in the right direction. And if this is what you need in your life in this season, register now. For the, my June 17th Do Something Different for Change personal transformation retreat, go to drpegradio.com and click on retreat. Well, I'm excited uh, to have today's guest share his insights and wisdom with you today on our topic of forgiveness. Uh, sometimes more than others, I can see God orchestrating who my guests are going to be and what we should talk about on the program. And while I was talking with someone who will be a guest on the show in a few weeks, she asked me if I knew Pastor Larry Thomas. And she said he was an excellent teacher and communicator, and she thought he would make a great guest on my program. So I reached out to Pastor Larry Thomas and discovered that he has a passion to expand the influence of the kingdom of heaven while advancing the mission and impact of his own church, the Connection Church in Aurora, Colorado, where he's the lead pastor. And with his amazing team, together they work tirelessly to create hope, help, and healing for the body of Christ and in their community. How could you not be excited about meeting a gentleman like that? Pastor Larry Thomas, thanks for being here with me today in the studio. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Pig. Uh, That's just a blessing. I'm looking forward to our conversation about forgiveness and humility. Um, And let's learn a little bit about you before we jump into our our topic. Uh, You don't do all of this for the kingdom by yourself, uh, do you? You have a helpmate, you have a family, don't you? Yeah, I do, I do. Um, my lovely wife, uh, Lady Anisha Thomas, uh, and our wonderful children, uh, Jasmine and Isaiah and Lawrence, are all involved in ministry. Now I got a, I've got an excellent team uh, around me. Yeah, great group of people. We can't do it alone. And I appreciate speaking of humility. I appreciate your humility as a lead pastor to recognize it's not all about you, <laughs> and you can't do the the great work God, that God has for you to do by yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. Amen. Um, so although Connection Church in Aurora is relatively young, you didn't just stumble into ministry yesterday, did you? No. <laughs> uh, Dr. Peck, I am a third-generation preacher. Um, Amen. Most of my cousins and uncles are all pastors or in ministry of some sort. Um, I was serving as the assistant pastor for nine years at Life by Design Ministries, and before that uh, held various roles in uh, my home church where I grew up. So, where are you from originally? I'm a, I'm a native. Oh, born that's and raised. outstanding. Broncos fan. Colorado. All right, all right, stuff. all right. My engineer Don is looking happy. He's a big Broncos fan. Yes, <laughs> all right. So, where did the vision to establish the Connection Church come from? I love the name of the church and and um, and the message behind that. I was actually candidating for uh, churches all over the country, and we getting called back. I was always coming in second. Um, I would, you know, go through the interview process, and after about doing that for about forty times, I asked God, "What do you want me to do?" He said, start a church. Wow. I said, God, I don't want to start a church. I want to find some place and, and transform those people. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to help people connect to me. Amen. So that's where it came from. That's outstanding and, and humbling, too, to <laughs> get those callbacks and, and never never be the bride, always the bridesmaid, as yeah. women often yeah. say. Wow. But God God had a plan. Yeah, I'm glad he did. Yeah, amen. And so is Aurora, Colorado. Um, 
So you're currently working on your master's in divinity yes, at Denver Seminary. Um, has has Denver Seminary taught you anything about humility and forgiveness? <laughs> Every time I come <laughs> on campus, I realize I know absolutely nothing. So it's been an awesome experience. All right. Well, let's uh, talk about our topic today, uh, forgiveness and the connection to humility. And I shared a quote earlier that came from C.S. Lewis. Uh, but also from your sermon notes uh, on the series that you recently preached at Connection Church on humility and forgiveness. And the quote, just to read it again from C.S. Lewis, is to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Uh, what what does that quote mean to you? How did that inspire you for this uh, preaching series? It, it spoke um, volumes to me because uh, we hold grudges easily. And um, we often forget that God has excused and forgiven and pardoned so much in our own lives. And then so how dare we hold anything against anybody? Mm-hmm. And that's how I heard it. And that's how I, wow. I, I wanted to use it. Yeah. yeah. And in your sermon notes that you shared with me, you started out with um, the scripture path, uh, scripture, Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. And it's a scripture we're all familiar with. And it starts out, uh, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, Peter naively asked. Right. I, I added that commentary in there. Uh, and Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Uh, so how is that scripture relevant to our topic today? And what does that really tell us? What does Peter's question really tell us about our relationship to our fellow man and forgiveness. The whole of chapter 18 is all about humility and forgiveness. The beginning of that chapter, um, Jesus is dealing with the disciples who are looking for the, the best seat in the kingdom. And he begins to explain that the humble people get the best seat. <laughs> uh, but Peter's question to Jesus speaks to the level of frustration uh, that he has about having to deal with people who consistently create offense. Mm-hmm. So he's asking Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive? 70 times 7, 490 times. Jesus lays it out there and says, let, let forgiveness be ongoing mm-hmm. because um, God blesses us through people and the enemy wants to re- ruin relationships. So Jesus says, no, you got to keep forgiving. Mm-hmm. And so we all have those people in our lives. Sid- Sydney, I wonder if, if you have anyone in your life and we won't call any names, but we all have those chronic offenders, Pastor, <laughs> yeah. um, of people. And, and you're, you're kind of alluding that that's how you're reading the scriptures. Peter's like, OK, I understand forgiveness. But what about that hard headed person right. who, you know, as a psychologist, I would say that person with a personality disorder, <laughs> you know, their personality is the problem. Mm-hmm. They just keep coming back and offending me and stepping on my toes. Am I really, Lord, supposed to forgive them? Uh, Sydney, can you resonate with that at all? Yes. Well, um, you know, every time I I touch this topic, it just makes me think about my current occupation as a certified nurse's assistant Mm -hmm. in the hospitals. And many times when we come across unpleasant patients, Mm -hmm. you know, and our 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 stance is humility mm-hmm. at all times, and it's um, we are never to blame the patient, and and so <laughs> um, practicing that humility is always it's an exercise mm. for my occupation, and so yes, <laughs> wow. like just coming across patients who may not like me because you know. I'm a woman or I'm a person of color, you know, just something like that. Yeah. And and then stepping back and really, you know, saying, okay, Lord, this is your child too, you know. Amen. <laughs> amen. And so our work 
your work becomes your worship. Yeah. It constantly <laughs> brings you back to the Lord. Pastor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have experiences like that as, as a pastor? I'm sure you're, there's no one who ever offends you or no, irritates no. you. That <laughs> There's never a call for forgiveness, I'm sure. Ever, you know. <laughs> I think uh, it's easy for, for me to, uh, to be offended in my role because mm. um, as a pastor, and every pastor won't admit to this, but it's the truth, they're all real sensitive about your regular attendance or how you perceive them or if the word went well, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it happens. We're human. Um, and, and I think the circle of pastors I, I hang out with, we try to operate in humility because it's easy to feed into your own ego mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and have a misconception about who you are and then walk around offended when people aren't, aren't receptive to what you're saying. Right. So, so one issue is, um, being offended because you're feeling that people aren't, um, viewing you the way perhaps you might view yourself. Right. Uh, but we also know we're dealing with sheep. Yeah. And yeah. so the sheep can be messy. The sheep can be dirty. The sheep can be immature. Right. And that that's the whole point. That's right. what pastoring is all about. So how do we reconcile that when it's we get ourselves in check in terms of um, not letting our ego get out of the way, but where it really is just the sheep, <laughs> you know, by their nature, right. they're going to nip at your heels and they're going to do things that are offensive. How do you, how do you deal with that? Uh, practically speaking, it's a part of the process. Uh, what I try to teach and what I try to live by is creating boundaries. Mm. Boundaries keep you and I both safe. They keep you uh, from reoffending, <laughs> so to speak. And if you do reoffend, I've already created a boundary so you don't cross mm. or, 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 uh, Trespass, as, as the word says, you know, uh, to forgive those who trespass against us. Mm. Well, trespass um, takes place when I don't have barriers up to keep you and I safe. Amen. So I've tried to to keep it all balanced by saying, okay, once you offend, I put the boundary up. I'll forgive, but I'll make sure that you can't do it again. Mm-hmm. And speaking the truth in love. As much as you can. Sometimes telling the truth, not sometimes, telling the truth can be the most loving thing you can do. And how would the person know and learn that they've crossed a boundary or offended me if I didn't tell them? Uh, And I find myself, um, the Lord will check my spirit where I may not care enough to tell someone the the truth. I let them just stay out there. You know what? I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to put up my wall, not a boundary, but my wall. And I'm not going to tell you. You should know what you did to offend me. The most loving thing I could do if I cared enough would be to actually tell them, you know, when you did that, that hurt me, and this is how I'm reacting, this is how I feel about it. And we often operate in in avoidance and operate in a passive, aggressive uh, Mm -hmm. level of behavior with people when I'm hurt. Or we'll do the opposite. Because I'm hurting, I want you to hurt. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't solve anything. So you haven't told anybody any truth. That's right. Yeah. First of all, not yourself, <laughs> let alone the other person. Right. Well, when, we, when we're reading in Matthew 18, uh, the scripture goes on to tell the parable of the unmerciful servant and actually gives us the definition of forgiveness in that, in that passage, which uh, my reading of it was to mercifully cancel a debt. Um, yes. That's what that parable talks about. And uh, I looked up mercy, and it means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. I thought that was really interesting. So mercifully canceling a debt is what forgiveness really means. And it's someone who actually has the power and authority to punish who chooses instead, freely chooses instead to show compassion 
and to cancel that debt. That's a great definition. Yeah. How does that play out um, in day-to-day life for, for people that you're counseling or, um, you know, where they, they say, I've been offended, and like you said, passively, aggressively, they do have the power to crush this person. Right. What, could you, what could you tell them instead? Uh, I, I use a, a, re- a regular quote. Uh, Forgiveness is giving up hope that the past could be any different. I'll say it again. Yeah. Yeah. Forgiveness is giving up hope that the past could be any different. So I try to challenge people to say, okay, even though this this incident has occurred, you can't go back and change it. So really what happens is you end up holding on to the past, hoping that it could be different, and it can't. Mm-hmm. You can't change any of it. Uh, so I try mm-hmm. to challenge people on a day-to-day basis, okay, give up hope on the past and take hold of the future. That's the, really, that's the only thing I really have power over wow. anyway. Mm-hmm. My, my power to inflict pain or to cause harm is fleeting. Wow, mm. that's good. There's another quote. I may butcher it because it's coming to me off the top of my head. Um, unforgiveness is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah, I've heard, I love that. <laughs> so it really just hurts ourselves. Yeah. So expecting the past to change give, is really being delusional. So it's giving up that hope from the past. It's not taking that poison yourself right. and hoping that other person would die. Right. Yeah. It's in, it's interesting when we're angry and we're mad and we're hurt. We do things that make absolutely no sense. Mm. And then it's and we digest poison and and wait for you to die. I, I don't get it, but it's it's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we and we do that day after day after day. Consistently. Yeah. yeah. After day becomes a, a pattern. So. Looking at uh, Peter saying, how many times much must I forgive? <laughs> He's speaking of that person day after day who's, who's doing this offense. Well, yeah. we ne- really need to look in the mirror. What are we doing? What patterns are we engaging in that are not only harming others and not operating in love, but harming ourselves? Right. And then the boundaries that we have yet to put in place. Mm-hmm. There is an accountability, a level of responsibility that if I recognize that you're a habitual offender, that this is just what you do. I've got to put the, the stop gaps in place mm-hmm. to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, let's talk about that connection um, between um, forgiveness and humility and that it, it really is not a one shot deal. Um, when when you said that means 490 times, you know, we read scripture all the time. And I know for myself, I wonder if I'm if, if I'm not unique I never did the math, 70 times 7. You know, you just hear that and you keep on reading and you move on. 490 times, and I'm sure, as Jesus does, he doesn't even necessarily mean literally. It's usually Mm -hmm. symbolic and metaphoric for, you know, that means a lot of times. (laughs) So forgiveness Mm -hmm. is not a one-shot thing. We need to do it over and over and over. Say more about that. It's a process. It's not a one-time event. And sometimes we think that it is, Mm -hmm. and then you want to shelve the hurt. Or you want to uh, stop the process. And it's not. Healing is an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness and healing are the same thing. Um, I forgive so that I can heal. Mm-hmm. And it's ongoing. Because th- what happens is you'll offend me and I'll forgive you. Um, but I won't take the necessary steps to process it completely. And then I'll see you. And for, and then I immediately go back to hurt. You're triggered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have to remember it's not a one-time event. It's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. And then I'll even forgive you and years will go by. And we'll we'll carry on in a relationship. And I'll We'll we'll have a conversation and something will trigger a uh, memory. Mm-hmm. I got to remember. Oh, I, I forgave you for that. But, yeah, uh, I'm not how. really. I didn't really. <laughs> kind of with my lips that right. I forgive you. And um, I actually um, learned this uh, from our uh, my community liaison here at uh, 94.7 
FM The Word, Mark Anderson was talking about forgiveness uh, with me last year, and he was saying it's really something we can't do in our own strength. It really is the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to ask the Lord, Lord, I know you command me to forgive. I understand you've forgiven me. Uh, help me. I can't do this in my own strength. Uh, Sydney, do you have any experiences <laughs> with oh, yeah. uh, having to ask the Lord? <laughs> Definitely. Um, it's just, it is, it's a constant process. Um, I'm definitely working on things right now with, you know, with my own family and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just, it, it is, it's a surrendering. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, is uh, we cannot will ourselves to do it. We we must. It's a process. We may need to seek out counseling. Yes. You know, if mm-hmm. you take that metaphor further of swallowing that poison, you're sick. You need some help from right. a professional uh, to help you um, to let go of your attachment to the past, hoping in the past, uh, and, and uh, asking the Lord for that spiritual help and power. Well, I'm talking with uh, Pastor Larry Thomas. He's the lead pastor of Connection Church in Aurora, Colorado, and joined also by Sydney Wilson, who shared her testimony (laughs) about participating in my Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat. Uh, We're going to take a break and uh, continue. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion about forgiveness and its connection to humility. And we'll also address common myths around forgiveness at Pastor Uh, Larry Thomas will share. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. We'll be back just in a moment. Don't go away. This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. President Trump and Saudi King Salman today signing a series of agreements cementing their country's military and economic partnerships meant to send a strong message to our common enemies. Two leaders signing a joint vision agreement at the Saudi royal court and then sealed it with a handshake. Melania Trump's decision not to wear a headscarf upon arrival in the Middle East is drawing attention on social media. The First Lady wore a black pantsuit with a golden belt but did not cover her head. Neither did daughter Ivanka. That's consistent with custom for female foreign dignitaries visiting Saudi Arabia. Senate Republicans using closed-door meetings to write legislation that would dismantle Obamacare, and they're running into obstacles considering options like a short-term bill. If the talks continue to drag on, it might include money to help stabilize shaky insurance markets. For more details on these stories, visit srnnews.com. I'm Val Dior. 94.7 FM, The Word. Renting in Denver? Denver rents have consistently gone up in 014, 15, and through today. Can you imagine how high your rents will be next year? 
you already know this, but you've struggled to save $10,000, $20,000 or more in down payment to buy your own home. I'm Brian Murphy, owner of Front Range Mortgage, and I may have your ticket out of renting and into a home of your own. We are proud to announce our new 1% down payment purchase program that can get you out of your landlord's pocket and into your own home. 1% down payment equals $3,000 to get you into a $300,000 home. That's $3,000 to own your own home. Call me and my local Colorado-only team for a painless five-minute conversation to see how quickly we can get you into your own home with a mere 1% down payment. Our number, 303-500-1900. That's 303-500-1900. Or visit frontrangemortgage.com. And MLS 378844, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. This is Ryan Mormon with Thrive and Financial. Proverbs 19.20 reminds us to listen to advice and accept instruction, that you may gain wisdom in the future. My team offers advice and instruction to help churches, individuals, and families live wisely with their money. Let's start a conversation today. Call now and set up an initial review. There's no cost nor obligation. Click on my link at krcast.com or call me at 303-569-9898. We'll help you connect your faith with your finances for good. 303-569-9898. You could be just steps away from a life-changing path. Take that first step and listen to Faith Walk today at 2 p.m. weekdays right here on 94.7 FM, The Word. Dr. Calvin Whitman, senior pastor at Applewood Baptist Church in Wheat Ridge, shares wisdom and insight to inspire and encourage you. The goal is to give you a practical understanding of God's Word and help you apply it to your daily walk. Tune in to Faith Walk today with Dr. Calvin Whitman of Applewood Baptist Church, weekdays at 2 p.m. and also Sundays at 10.30 a.m. on 94.7 FM, The Word. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. My guest is Lee, pastor of Connection Church in Aurora, Colorado. We're talking forgiveness and just how many times we have to do it. We did the math. It's 490 times at least, at least. Pastor. Uh, pastor Thomas, how can listeners get in touch with you and learn more about your church? They can visit our website, www.ourconnectionchurch.com. Okay, our Okay. O-U-R. All right. Amen. And you have any events coming up that you'd like to invite the listeners to participate in or to know about? Uh, Certainly. We are going to cut the ribbon on our new space, which is located at 340 North Blackhawk Street inside of the uh, Colorado Early Colleges building. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. Thank you so much. That's awesome. All right. So let's talk about um, why it's just so we so often fail to forgive um, and I, th- I think it's what we're believing about forgiveness, which we've been talking about. And there's some common myths around forgiveness. Talk about those, Pastor. Our core belief systems are built based on just that, what we believe and mm-hmm. what we've been taught. And a lot of times what people have told us um, and sometimes people have told us wrong about <laughs> what forgiveness is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you and when you have wrong teaching, you have wrong response. So then when you start thinking of forgiveness um, based on how it's been taught, sometimes it's been taught as a negative thing. And actually, it's a mm. positive thing. Um, Say more a, about that. It's an empowering thing. You know, sometimes even the word humility sometimes seems like it's a lower point, but actually it's the highest standard. Mm. You know, and you, you, when you operate in it, you, you actually are being empowered by God to say, release, mm. let go. Amen. And a lot of times you don't do that. Uh, you think, Cause if I release, then what do I have? Right. And in the culture, forgiveness 
is for wimps, right? Yes, ma'am. Very yeah. much so. Very much so. You 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 are um, the lackey, mm-hmm. yeah, so to speak, mm-hmm. in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a pushover. Right. And people, can, you're a doormat. People can walk all over right. you. And humility, by definition, it, it means I'm. It does not mean being somebody's doormat. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between correction and abuse. Mm. And sometimes people think that, well, if I operate in forgiveness or humility, I'm co-signing abuse. That's not the case. It's recognizing the difference between being abused and someone offering some correction. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So what are uh, some of those myths around forgiveness? Um, I can only forgive when and if the other person meets my conditions. <laughs> That's a common belief people have. Right. Um, forgiveness has to be unconditional. Because if if you ask me to do something um, to repair the relationship, um, or or you ask me to operate in some particular way of behavior for redundancy or something like that, if it's beyond my scope of reasoning, then you're going to do more damage and fracture it even more. So I don't have a right to ask you to do anything. I just need to offer the forgiveness unconditionally, mm-hmm. with no standards or any or any qualifications on it. Yeah, and when when people need to ask for forgiveness, it, it we sometimes hear people say, "Well, if I offended you," and it, right. you know they don't fully take responsibility and own what they've done. Uh, but when we have conditions on forgiveness, sometimes it's I'll forgive them if they if. ask me right, right, if they step to me correct, right. Right. if they own it. But really, one has nothing to do it, with the other at all. You know, we have to operate in disjunctive. Forgiveness versus conjunctive forgiveness. Sometimes conjunctive forgiveness is where we're working for to working through communication, where you're taking ownership and and we're explaining why you did what you did, and we're working to forgive each other. Um, and I'm looking for that apology. Disjunctive forgiveness is where you never apologize. If we never talk again, I've already released it. Mm, amen. Yeah. So it's totally unconditional. Totally. And, and again, Jesus is our model. He's yes. forgiven us unconditionally. Unconditionally. Yeah. Amen. Well, here's another myth, a common myth. Forgiving is forgetting. We even say that, forgive and forget. That gets drilled into our heads from a young child. But you say that's a myth. It's a myth because to forget what happened means I I, I, uh, haven't learned the lesson from what happened. Mm. And everything you go through teaches you something. So Mm -hmm. to forgive and forget, okay, well, what did I learn about myself in the process? And what did I learn about you? Mm. I won't forget. I can't because I learned something from it. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, taking responsibility, even when someone else has wronged you and you're seeking their forgiveness or even if they're seeking your forgiveness, uh, we have to see how we are interconnected. It may not be my fault that, right. for, for example, someone is dealing with infidelity. It may not be your fault right. your spouse cheated, but what's the role you play in the dynamic right. in your relationship that may have created an environment where that happened, right. where that festered. Right. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So forgiving is not forgetting. We no. need to learn those valuable lessons. Right. To the degree that we're, I can bring it up again. Ah, uh, say, say more. Yeah. So that way, you know, sometimes in relationships where, well, if, you know, if you and your husband are fighting or you, you and your spouse are disagreeing, and then you say, well, I forgive you. And sometimes people think, well, I don't bring it up again. My wife brings up stuff all the time. If I if, and we will settle the matter, and she she has a right to bring it up again, because she's processing through mm. what happened, and she's making sure that she's getting all the right takeaways. 
from the process of your deeds. Mm-hmm. So I don't forget, and I have the right to bring it up. Yeah, that's a really key one. And again, in the example of infidelity and working with couples who who overcome infidelities, they 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 express that their spouse has given them permission to ask as many questions as they need answered. Right. And there may be this process in the beginning when the disclosure first happens, but over time, as you said, you're processing it uh, at different levels and in different seasons and different things may come up that trigger the memory. And you should be allowed to bring that up again, even if you have forgiven, because you're still processing the wound. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And as I learn the lessons, I can also apply those to other areas of offense or hurt or uh, disappointment, mm-hmm. and I make sure that I, you know, I'm learning consistently. Right, so right. I don't forget. I'll just forgive. Yeah. Now, Sydney, are you someone who forgives and forgets? <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. I don't forget. <laughs> um, but I I feel like I'm, I'm verging on learning more about myself in this season and learning about me. I'm one of those people who have just an abundance of grace already and so um i have to be aware of when i am offended and processing that all the way through Mm -hmm. and and in that maybe when you're a graceful person you do kind of have a forgetfulness about you because you don't you know i don't like to carry like i don't like to harbor you know anger and all that stuff Mm -hmm. usually i get it out or i just you know you know, process it with the Lord, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think also it's, it's important to really check in with yourself and be like, wait, okay, if I forgave them, then why am I mad again right now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it's acknowledging it. It's um, not just forgetting it and pushing it under the rug and being in denial. It's saying, wait, something's still coming up here. And again, if you have that transparent relationship with your spouse in our example you should be able to say hey i know i forgived you we resolved this and yet this is going on for me Mm -hmm. help me to understand this help me process it or we can bring those things to the lord as well Uh, and what comes to mind pastor i I won't be able to quote chapter and verse but um, the scripture that talks about um, the the lord when he forgives us it's as far from the east as from the west and so how do we reconcile how the Lord forgives us. Obviously, he doesn't forget. He's he's omniscient. He knows everything. Right. And uh, yet he tells us, hey, it's as good as, you know, forgotten as far as the East is from the West. Right. Blot out my transgressions. Forget all that. Good, yeah. Forget yes. all the stuff I did. God, God, um, God is good for that. Mm-hmm. Now that. If you even look at Jesus's arrival, it's built around this care for mankind to know that they were flawed and still operate in love. The Bible says, uh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the foundation of the of the world, Christ was already being crucified. So God had already put forgiveness out front. Amen. Uh, he and He does an extraordinary job. He's a, the greatest example of the process. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Something we can set as our standard to strive towards yes. with His help yes. and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Can't do it alone. Amen. And another myth that I think is out there in the in the culture um, and maybe even kind of subliminally. Uh, forgiveness equals fellowship. So similar to forgiving is forgetting is, okay, if I forgive you now, we have to be in fellowship again. Right. We must be reconciled. Say, talk about that one, Pastor. Well, yeah, one of the many stumbling blocks to forgiveness is the fact that I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Yeah. So if I hold on to the offense, 
you'll keep your distance. Mm-hmm. When in fact, mm-hmm. we can be good and not have to hang out. Uh, I think that freed a lot of people because it, it freed me. I, there's some people I just, I don't want to do business with you. But mm-hmm. I don't want the burden of, of the unforgiveness and the bitterness growing in me. So let's go ahead and let me forgive you and we can still part right. ways. And obviously God's ultimate goal is reconciliation and unity. Right. And yet he understands it. it is like that poison. Right. I can forgive you. And um, but if I'm around you and you're a toxic person, I'm still being affected by that poison. But right. I release it. I'm releasing myself. I'm obeying God's command to forgive. And yet I have a healthy boundary right. back to boundaries again. I've got to um, because if I haven't if, if I'm in your face and I'm still in the process of forgiveness, it makes it even harder to do harder to do. And mm-hmm. and you might catch me on the wrong day. And I'm not in the space of forgiveness and I'm in total uh, uh, recall of everything you ever did, not just what just happened. And then you're going to pay the price for what just happened. And then any other offense that I'm carrying for anybody else, if I'm harboring anything, you're going to catch it. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we have to remove ourselves because we haven't fully processed. We've we've gone through the. Uh, an act of our will to forgive. Right. And we're asking the Lord to help us change our hearts, soften our hearts, but still have healthy boundaries. Uh, but we're still processing it. Like you were saying, Sydney, sometimes those feelings come back up yeah. and you're angry again. <laughs> and so that's probably not the best time to be in the presence of that person who's triggering you. Yeah, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes, sometimes will pass and you can, you know, maybe you re-engage, but then there's going to be some, some people we, we never need to be in the same room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean we don't stop praying for them. We know love is patient. Love is kind. Doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love never fails. So we hold on to hope in the future, hold on to hope in God, let go of our hope that the past will change. I'm talking with Pastor Larry Thomas, and um, we're we're, uh, joined by my special guest, Sydney Wilson, who shared her testimony on just how beneficial my do something different for a change personal transformation retreat was for her and um, give, gave you that self-awareness yes. really gave you a space and a time mm-hmm. to reflect and whether it's on things around forgiveness or relationships or uh, personal growth and even physical fitness um, you might find that uh, you don't put that time aside in your day-to-day life and the benefit and value of taking a full day to relax and rejuvenate and refresh and get some strategies to move yourself forward and do something different for a change. When we come back, I'll continue my discussion with Pastor Larry Thomas of Connection Church. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Don't go away. This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional, evidence-based, advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident, such as an active shooter or active terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based, advanced training programs tailored to to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. 
To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. And if you want to feel excited about your change and transformation and confident and clear that you're moving in the right direction, register now for my June 17th Do Something Different for a Change Personal Transformation Retreat. Go to drpegradio.com and click on Retreat and join folks like Sydney Wilson, who benefited from participating in the retreat and has clarity and strategies for making changes in her life. You're doing self-defense and paying attention to your physical fitness was one of your goals and mm-hmm. just more self-awareness yes. and insight. Amen. Well, my guest today is lead pastor of Connection Church in Aurora, Colorado, Pastor Larry Thomas. Thanks for spending the time with me today, Pastor. It's been a pleasure. And I have a link to... Uh, for folks to connect with you at Connection Church uh, on my website at drpegradio.com. Uh, so let's talk, re- really um, hit home on the connection between humility and forgiveness. And you say humility is the key to forgiveness. Say more about that. Humility is the key to forgiveness. It unlocks the door. Uh, if I leave the door open for forgiveness, then I, I eventually someone will walk in and apologize. If I don't operate in the key, with the key of humility, the door will never be open. Mm. So, so not operating in humility, we have not unlocked the door. We've, we've in fact put, you know, I grew up in New York where you had, you know, five deadbolts in the <laughs> chain, yeah. and then you had something wedged up right. under the door, right. and, you know, you might even put the dresser in front of the door <laughs> at night. Right. Uh, so you really, if someone were to come in humility on their end right. and say, you know what, I have had a change of heart, I realized how I've offended you and harmed you, and I want to come apologize. But when they knock on that door, it's all jammed up. You're looking at the people. No, I'm not. I'm not going to let you in. Yeah. I have to operate in humility to open the door, take the chain off, mm-hmm. let you in, and give you an opportunity to apologize. Yeah, yeah, amen. And so, how can what's a good working definition of humility? Humility is having a proper understanding of who you are, your strengths and weaknesses, uh, and being okay with that. Mm. being okay with the strength. And actually what we do all the time is I highlight all my strength. I tell yeah. you, Sydney, this is all, these are the good things about me. Okay? <laughs> but I've discovered, and, and God told me, he said that um, the weaknesses are the fine print of being in relationship mm. with people. Amen. And I've got to be okay with that. I got to learn to read the fine print and be okay with that. Cause mm-hmm. just like I have issues, you have issues mm. and humility is knowing what my strengths are. And not and knowing what my weaknesses are and not hiding them. Right. Mm. And I like how your definition is balanced because we certainly know people who operate in false humility. Right. right. And so they play down their strengths. Right. That, that gets a little old. You know, come right. on now. Right. You know, you're, you're better than that. <laughs> right. why, are you, why are you fronting like you can't do anything right? Right. But then we also see puffed up right. pride. It's kind of two sides of the same coin there. Uh, pride and false humility. Right. So we want to, uh, my pastor defines humility as total reliance, total dependence on God. Yeah. So in him, I'm strong and I know I have weaknesses as well. And when I'm weak, he's strong. He's strong right. And so we don't have to be prideful and we don't have to operate in false humility. So I love that you, you, your definition reflects that balance. Yeah. Well, thank you. I know um, when I was studying for this whole series, God told, told me, he said, I work well in your weaknesses <laughs> because you don't get credit for what you're supposed to do. Those those are the areas of your strength. It's mm-hmm. the the weak areas uh, that I'm always trying to dabble in. And you're right; the word declares that where, where I'm weak, He's strong. So, amen, I, amen. I, when you were describing that image of uh, locking the door so that you're closing off the opportunity for someone to come in forgiveness, 
uh, it reminds me, you know, people say all the time, Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to bust down the door of your heart. He's going to knock. He's going to whisper, you know, gently and wait patiently for all your days if, you know, if he has to, (laughs) uh, for you to open the door. So what came to my mind is when we don't unlock that door in humility, not only are we keeping our brother out who's coming potentially to forgive, to, uh, to ask for forgiveness, but we have a barrier between us and the Lord. That's big. That's a great example. What happens is I isolate and lock myself off mm-hmm. into this. So when I think I'm actually being mean and, uh, and, and not releasing forgiveness, I'm the prisoner. I'm the one who's actually trapped. So when someone's knocking on the door, they're trying to get me to come out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we are holding our our own key that yeah. locks us in there. Isn't that prison. amazing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm holding myself hostage. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's pretty deep, Pastor. <laughs> and you say that Christ's death on the cross is the epitome of humility. Ex- explain what you mean by that. It's a duality to the death of Christ uh, as he dies on the cross uh, as a substitutionary uh, role. And, and it's rare that in, in our culture where anybody will take the blame <laughs> or consequences for something that they didn't do. Right. So Christ takes on the sin of the world. And then inside that process, we watch him on the cross, ask the father to forgive. Mm. And not, and, to, and it's amazing to watch, to be tortured and to be in pain and to offer forgiveness from a place of humility. Mm. Uh, most of the time when you're hurting, you're not in a humble place. You're in a defensive mode. And Christ mm. shows us how when I'm hurt, right in the moment of being hurt, is when humility should be in operation. Mm-hmm. And when you preached your, your sermon uh, in this series on humility and forgiveness, you really spelled out um, the pain that Christ went through, um, through his uh, crucifixion. And can you, can you paint that picture for us? Because I think it's easy to just say, oh, yeah, you know, I can look at the cross uh, that hangs uh, as jewelry around my neck and see Christ there. But we really lose sight of just how brutal uh, that, that crucifixion was, just the pain and suffering he endured to be able to take upon our sin yeah. and forgive and ask the Father in the, in the midst of all of that pain. He asked his Father, our Father God, for forgiveness, forgiveness. for us. So paint that picture for us. To be beaten uh, half to death, um, to be beaten to the point of almost dying, to be uh, whipped with, with chains, um, to have uh, the flesh torn out of your back, to have the hairs ripped out of your face, mm. uh, to ha- have people take turns beating you, uh, where the Roman soldiers lined up and took turns beating him until they were tired. And here's what the, the amazing part of it is. It's to, to have your jaw almost broken repetitively, mm. to have your ribs busted, and then to be told to stand up and carry your own cross. Mm. Uh, you and I have a hard time stubbing our toes, right? <laughs> uh, let True. alone uh, taking a beating. And it, it took such a vicious beating um, that even modern-day uh, doctors have looked to see how much blood he would have lost at that type of beating. You lose half of your, your blood. It was an amazing beating. And then f- in the, inside of that, to have your, because he's beaten and his eyes are swollen shut, so he can't really see. And in the midst of the pain, he asked God to forgive. When, cause, and it's, it speaks to the level of power that he had. He could, in the moment, he could have said, you know what? Destroy them all. Come down off this cross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just never mind. Mm-hmm. But to, to take the, hum, the, the humility 
Mm-hmm. And and he took humiliation first, mm-hmm. but then they're still up and operating humility. Mm-hmm. It's just great to see. Amen. And to and to see uh, the definitions that we're talking about of humility: total reliance, total yeah. dependence yeah. on God, being totally aware of my strengths. Yeah. I have the power to right. command the angels to come and take me off this cross, and yet right. I am I'm a man, and I'm being obedient to my Father, yeah. and I'm doing this because He's asked me to. That's a that's a big deal, Doctor Peg, to be obedient because God is calling us to a place of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And will I? Will I choose to operate in that power or will I, mm. will I not? And, and I think that helps us in, in our weak moments. And Sydney, you were sharing how as a, um, a, in the hospital in your work with patients, um, people probably have just offend you every day, but it's really saying I'm going to be obedient today. Right. And obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm going to do what the Lord has commanded me, asked me to do. And just the blessing in that, in that obedience. Absolutely. And it, and if it were easy, God wouldn't have to command us to do it. We right. wouldn't have to obey. We'd just kind of do it. Right. Yeah. Amen. Well, you say um, that Jesus's request to God is directly connected to his own forgiveness of man. And so elaborate on that. Jesus asked for forgiveness uh, and offers forgiveness all at the same time uh, because he's totally um, uh divine and human at the same time. So he, his affliction uh, as, as God on the cross is one, mm. one perspective, but then the other side, he understands that the, the, the flaw, the flawed man, the way we process and think he's saying, God, you've got to excuse all that behavior. And, and um, he sees it and has experienced it and knows it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are, what are some of those real consequences we experience if we do not forgive? So we're talking about it's, it's being, humble enough to depend on God and trust God. Right. It's being obedient. Uh, but what is God really trying to protect us from? Because we, we know whenever he says, don't do this or do this, right. there's a good reason. It's not just because he's arbitrary and he's just all powerful and wants to exert his power and show us how small we are. It's usually for our, our protection because he loves us. Right. So I see it in a couple different ways. First, when God says, I want you to forgive, and if, when you don't forgive, I won't forgive. What I see God saying in that is that if you don't forgive, if you don't release, that means every time we talk, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it up. If not, not, not meeting, I don't have a problem with meeting your need. That's not the issue. Let's talk about the offense that you're harboring. Mm-hmm. Because if I bless you and you haven't um, developed the, the maturity to release, you'll withhold what I've given you to give to someone else. Mm-hmm. That's that's Amen. a big deal. So so if we don't forgive, we have to ex- expect that God is going to remind us yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> of everything we need forgiving. Right. For. So the consequences, he's always going to bring it up. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. The other side of it is the uh, manifestation of health issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What it does to your blood pressure, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. weighs on you yes. when you don't forgive. Yeah. So again, yeah. that that metaphor of it's taking um poison and expecting the other person to die it, right. it can kill us right. it, it can be that much of a burden well pastor larry thomas of connection church in aurora colorado thanks so much for being my guest today thank you so much for having me dr Pat. and thanks sydney for joining in sydney thank wilson uh, just to share your testimony of um, how you were blessed by my do something different for change personal transformation retreat amen god bless you both well listeners uh, this is living well with dr peg if Unforgiveness is a barrier to you experiencing what God has for you in this season. I can help you explore where you are, where you want to go, and what's holding you back in my June 17th Do Something Different for a Change Personal Transformation Retreat. 
Register now at drpegradio.com and click on Retreat. My guests have been Pastor Larry Thomas and Sidney Wilson, and I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by SSI Guardian. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat, visit drpegradio.com. You can also purchase Dr. Peg's books, Do Something Different for a Change, and Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, online at drpegradio.com. And remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 The Word FM for Living Well with Dr. Peg. Living well.